Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. That is a yes. very calm intro. Are we NPRing? We are NPRing. We need we need more sound bumpers. Get do you have a keyboard still, or did you did you get rid of all your keyboards? Uh, I kept I kept one. I kept my favorite, so I'm never going to get rid of that one. Besides, the kid might want to play some someday. So that's cool. What kind of keyboard? Yeah, I could do you just have? sit here and play live. It's a uh, Jesus Christ. Do you have a it's, Moog or a Yamaha or what kind? No, I have a, a Nord N O R D. Oh, fancy. That's very fancy. I have a Yamaha that I'm going to start busting out soon. I bought these stickers through a Instagram ad that I saw that puts all the keys of the keys, <laughs> the notes <laughs> on the keys. So I'm like, always, I'm like, okay, two, three, four, uh, where's C? Um, <laughs> trying to figure out what the notes are. Oh, geez. And Don't it, spend it, money on stickers. If you've, if you've ever been in a recording studio, every single keyboard has just Sharpies. Of all the of all the the, the letters, are you kidding oh. me? No, of course not. Even <laughs> sure, there are plenty of professional piano players, but you know, rock stars, musicians, maybe recording a bit drunk or whatever, and it's always just nice <laughs> to have the cue there. There's no shame in that. It's in every studio. Oh, that is the funniest thing I've heard. Yeah, I spent like fourteen bucks and got got stickers. <laughs> nope. Yep. Just right on. And them. I and I had a, a yes, of course, and I had have a sharpie right here yep. on my desk. There you go. That's what that's what, that's what the pros do. Pro tip. The, okay. Pro tip. <laughs> now, obviously, sharpies. not for the ones on stage or you know using videos. Oh, yeah, or yeah, anything. Yeah. You don't want anybody to see that no, shit. You don't want to see it. But, yeah. No. Oh, but drop a marker. I, we already blew, blew the clean show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, what are you going to uh, do? What are you going to? Yes, we're trying to do a clean show, and I and I forgot. But yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, so a little uh, follow up for the car. Mm-hmm. Wow. I never knew until yesterday that I needed a heating steering wheel and heated seats. Well, to be fair, I can't remember the last time it snowed in Los Angeles. It is cold here. <laughs> it is freaking cold. I yeah. had to scrape ice off my window. I'm like, yeah. wait, what's going on? Oh, that's right. Climate change. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, I got in and I'm like, I found the button for the heated steering wheel because it, it said, like, would you like to heat your steering wheel? Because it's cold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty damn smart car. Yeah. And sure enough. And then I heated my buns. I, I like toasty buns in the morning. And because <laughs> uh, the funny part was I had to be a driver for my roommate because she's got a ancient Hummer. I was and, about to say, did you start a side hustle? Or you got an Uber sticker on that thing now? I, dude, I've only got 10,500 miles a year. I can't do an Uber. <laughs> but uh, my yeah, my roommate's uh, Hummer broke down, so she had to go get some new belts. So I was basically like her driver. She's like, I can get used to this. This is cool. And uh, oh, man. But uh, I do love the, the app. We got the app going. I had to go to the dealership yesterday because the app wouldn't sync. Right. It like wouldn't activate. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? So I came over, we, you know, did all the stuff. And then like, and he's just like, I got to call tech support. And then finally tech support got it activated for me. He's like, you're the first person that this ever happened to. And I'm like, well, of course, sure. my luck, my <laughs> luck. But it, it finally worked. So now I can start the car from the app. I can mm-hmm. set the heated seats, the heated steering wheel, everything from inside the house I had no idea these things were that cool. (laughs) They're basically rolling computers these days, Jason, with all the problems that come with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I posted a picture on Instagram about my car doing an auto update yesterday. And I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? So, (laughs) and by the way, the update still hasn't finished. Of course not. It's still downloading. I'm pretty sure they have 56 spot modems in the cars. But it's hooked up to my home Wi-Fi. Which Doesn't is the matter. crazy bit. I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But uh, yeah, this thing is really cool. I mean, I do like the tech. And I got CarPlay to work yesterday. Mm-hmm. CarPlay is pretty nice. Good. It's pretty nice. Uh, the problem that I found, though, is you can't use Google Maps with it. You have to use Apple Maps. Right. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks because Apple Maps ain't the best. Right. But I guess I can. I do not have CarPlay yet. I'm I'm assuming my next car will have that. I'm I thought you had CarPlay the, in your fancy it's the BMW, BMW interface. They have their own proprietary oh. one that runs on, I believe, Linux. So, yeah, mine's Android. Right, and it's funny because this is Sync three, and it used to be all Microsoft, but mm-hmm. it's not Microsoft anymore. It's like yeah. a an Android based system. 
but it does work. It does work fairly well, which is kind of neat. But yeah, uh, yeah, so far so good. I'm digging it's it. It's super easy it. to sideload viruses. Exactly. <laughs> Just what I need. <laughs> and what I really like is so I got the car from the, the dealership and I then I go into the app and it's like I can see the tire pressure for all the tires. Mm-hmm. And then like like the two tires in the front are at 38 PSI, the two in the back are at 37 PSI. And then it says at the bottom, optimal pressure for your tires at this temperature is 35 PSI. I'm like, why the hell did they give me overpressurized tires? What's uh, up with that? Because nobody was expecting this kind of weather. Oh, here? that's true. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, did do you ever get mags for miles emails? I don't even know what that is. I, you put it in the show notes and I was like, is this going to be a porn thing? It's not a porn thing. Okay. So I have uh, a United account. You know, mm-hmm. I do my miles on United because I was in Chicago and Chicago's the main hub for United. And I've flown United since I was five. Right. So I've always got, you know, miles on United. Mm-hmm. And what I started getting about five years ago were emails called mags for miles. And what you can do is you can trade in some of your United miles for magazines or newspapers. What what are these magazines of which you speak? Uh, magazines, the, the paper things that come in the mail that you generally still throw make out. Those? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was I was actually going through my Bon Appetit yesterday because mm-hmm. I just got a new epi- new uh, not not new episode. I got a new <laughs> issue. Of bon I Appetit. downloaded the new issue. Yeah, yeah. and uh, here's the funny thing about this. Apparently, they've never figured out how to deduct the miles from my account when I sign up for new magazines. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday I got uh, signed up for the Wall Street Journal for 302 issues a year. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It, it didn't pull out my miles. I can go to my United account. Still not still not gone. Starts in about uh, five or six weeks and then I'll get actual paper copies of the Wall Street Journal because we're never going to buy it, the digital version because it's so expensive. We've talked mm-hmm. about that on the show. And I get tons of magazines from them. I've got, I got a, I have a, I have a yearly subscription to Vogue, Condé Nast Traveler, The New Yorker, and Bon Appetit, and a bunch of other ones that just come for free because they can't figure out how to stop taking my miles away. And somewhere there is a forest in your name that is dying. Yeah, but I, I read them all. Me and my roommate read them all. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. I, yeah. These are these are magazines that I want. It's not right. that I'm getting them because I don't, you know, just like, oh, let me kill a tree, you know, for <laughs> my general gratification. No, these are magazines that I, I, I like and I enjoy. So I just think it's really funny that uh, we talk about how programmers don't know what the hell they're doing anymore. Well, there's some proof. Well, yeah, there's there's somebody that's getting paid for this that isn't doing their job and doesn't care because there apparently is nobody following up on them. Nope, not at all. I need to get one of those jobs. In the news. It has finally happened as of 2019. Uh, we are a e-marketer is projecting that U.S. advertisers will spend more than $229 billion on digital advertising, more than the $109 billion they plan to spend on traditional advertising. So this is the first year that digital advertising has overtaken traditional advertising like TV, radio, and newspapers. Can somebody send some of that money our way? Yeah. I would nice. like some. I mean, <laughs> well, as billions the study, of dollars. Come on, send uh, us some. As the study is showing, it's basically the two uh, the two big ones that you would expect that are getting the lion's share of this money, Facebook and Google. Now, oh. their, their, their percentages have been going down uh, comparatively, but they're still, you know, almost all the money's is going there. So okay. Amazon is coming in as the next big competitor to them. So thank God another struggling young company is getting some of that money oh startup life yeah startup life <laughs> but. but yeah it's a big deal we all knew it was coming but it's finally actually happened so yeah digital advertising is now a bigger industry than traditional advertising and one can only assume that this will continue to grow jason's uh free magazines for miles notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are a lot of ads in those magazines i do have to well, say they're mostly ads that, that's the one thing i've known i mean for the last 10 years in addition to basically magazines just disappearing magazines have become almost entirely ads with one article in them what's really crazy i got my new mm-hmm. wired in the mail yesterday mm-hmm. remember when wired was like half an inch thick and had yep. like it was perfect bound and all this stuff wired now is a pamphlet it's basically it printed on pamphlet. toilet paper. It is printed on <laughs> toilet paper, and it is a pamphlet. Mm-hmm. There's almost no stories in there. And the funny part is, it's like, I can't tell them 
to not send me the paper version because I get the digital version because I paid for it. I pay $25 a year so mm-hmm. I can read all the articles in Wired so we can do it on the show. And yeah. they still want to send me the paper version. And they sent me that damn YubiKey, which I'm never going to use again. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy. I looked at it and I'm just like, there's nothing here. Yeah, yeah, the only time I really read magazines anymore is when I'm flying, because I always tend to buy one just to pass a little bit of time, although that's gone away with kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, over the last 10 years, I've definitely noticed that, you know, magazines have just disappeared. Most of the ones that I like to read are no longer in print or have just gone purely digital. Or yeah, it's it's a couple articles and 99% ads. Yeah, I mean, so. most of the magazines that I care about are food magazines because mm-hmm. I, I get them for the recipes, yeah. you know? And uh, I still I still do Traveler because even though I don't want to travel anymore, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Traveling sucks. Going going on a trip sucks. I am so not now with I you just, on that. Oh, I can just look at a magazine and go, you know what? I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> that's how it's that's what it's come to. <laughs> well, AR will be very good for you. You'll be yes. able to travel virtually. Yes, so. I can. Yeah. Now, I ran across this article over on Recode called Mark Zuckerberg Explains Why an Ad-Free Facebook Isn't as Simple as It Sounds. Okay, I'm going to call bullshit right now. It is as simple as it sounds, but what, what does Mark say? Zuckerberg correctly identified that the problem most people seem to have with Facebook is not actually with Facebook's ads. It's with the personal data that Facebook collects and uses to target people with those ads. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. But you can't have one without the other. Okay. So why can't I give him 20 bucks and not show me some fucking ads? (laughs) He says, when people have questions about the ad model on Facebook, I don't think the questions are just about the ad model, even though they're asking you questions about the The ad ad model. model. You're telling us that that's not what we're that's not what we're really asking about. So thanks, Zuck, for telling me what I'm asking you about. Um, They think they're about both seeing ads and data used around ads, which involves seeing the fucking ads. And the ad model. Okay, no more clean show. Go on. Continue. <sighs> we didn't we didn't last long at all. We that didn't one. But that's why we said we're going to start to try. So we're going to try to do a clean <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, it's okay. So he suggested that a subscription product would need to include a way for people to opt out of Facebook's data collection practices altogether. Yes! No shit, Sirlock. That's that is exactly why we want to pay you. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> Something that doesn't currently exist. Again. No shit. Um, (laughs) Facebook users can opt out a certain type of ads or curate the list of their interests that Facebook uses to show them target ads. But there's some data Facebook collects about people no matter what, like their Internet browsing data, which we will pay you to stop collecting. Stop it, you dumbass. (laughs) That's all we want. We have to pay you to stop doing the thing that we don't want you to do. Come on. So he's talked about this clear history feature that Facebook is building, which we haven't gotten yet, which he said that we were going to get last year, which still isn't there and probably yep. won't be there anytime soon. And he says it's a it's a requirement, I think, for being able to do anything like subscriptions, partially what someone would want to do if they were going to really actually pay for an ad free free Facebook. You would want to have control so that Facebook didn't have access or wasn't using that data or associating it with your content and your account. <sighs> Duh. Yes. And as a matter of principle, we're not going to offer a control like that just to people who pay. If we're going to give controls over data use, we're going to do that for everyone in the community. No! no offer two not. versions, free yeah. and pay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just dancing around it and basically saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to do it. It's too hard. Hmm. When he just really doesn't want to do it. It's, it's, this is the most annoying thing I've read in a month. Well, since the last since the last Zuckerberg <laughs> op-ed, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I swear to God, I wish this guy didn't have a ten million dollar ex Mossad security detail around him, so I could walk oh, up to boy, him in the street go. and slap him in the face and say, "What are you thinking?" <sighs> I'd like to thank you, Jason, for toning it down to just slapping him in the face. You are doing your due diligence. I am. I am. I didn't. <laughs> I, I. I'm not going any but be, far beyond that. He just needs a smack. He needs a yeah. smack because now we've been. Uh, <sighs> No, let's, let's move on. It's, yeah, it's let's enough. move on. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about NASA and the wonderful things that they've done and the lack of funding that they're getting. But what I didn't realize is that they were actually in charge of, of making the FAA for drones, basically. They're called oh, yeah. the Unmanned Aircraft Traffic Management, the UTM system. Uh, so they're working with the FFA. So the project is now in its last phase, and they've teamed up with the Nevada Institute for Autonomous Systems in Las Vegas and the Lone Star UAS Center for Excellence and Innovation in Corpus Christi, Texas, to conduct a final series of technical demonstrations. So apparently we're going to be getting drone traffic control systems pretty soon. 
That's awesome. Which we need. Yeah. So good. Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking forward <laughs> to that because, you know, if they can tie that into the regular air traffic control system, so I'm not like panicking when a goddamn helicopter comes across the hill and mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I had to drop my drone out of the sky. That would be nice. That would be nice if everybody was talking to each other. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. That's good. Yep. Excellent. Regulation. And we've also ah, good. regulation. Now, we've also talked a bit about, uh, I'm going to say it again, and I probably got it wrong. Yahweh? Huawei? Huawei? What's Wa- the, how do you pronounce that? Huawei. Huawei, the Chinese telecom giant uh, that is basically the leader in 5G tech. Yep. And uh, how we've gotten in a bit of a pissing match with China, especially about this company who have stolen some secrets and done some bad things. But the reality of the situation, as was explained to me, is that unless we get our equipment from them, we're going to have a real hard time building our own 5G networks. Yep. That's a problem. It is a very well, big thank problem. thank God we have a president weighing in. Oh, no. What the fuck did he do now? He tweeted. Uh, seemingly <laughs> of course out of the blue, he tweeted. That's all he does. <laughs> seemingly out of the blue, Donald Trump weighed in on the future of U.S. wireless technology Thursday morning. And I shall now read the tweets. <clears throat> I want 5G and even 6G technology <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> and now you know why I want to call this episode. Uh, <laughs> but this one goes to 11G. <laughs> 11G. Yes. Uh, technology in the United States as soon as possible. It is far more powerful, faster, and smarter than the current standard. American companies must step up their efforts or get left behind. There is no reason that we should be lagging behind on something that is so obviously the future. I want the United States to win through competition, not by blocking out currently more advanced technologies. We must always be the leader in everything we do, especially when it comes to the very exciting world of technology. So as dumb as this sounds, we now know kind of why he's doing this, because this is his way of walking back his Mm. rhetoric about uh-huh. screw china because he realizes and he's been told by the telecoms we need this technology yeah <laughs> you are not going to get to buy our stuff if you don't shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> that's about it so so trump wow. has reportedly been preparing an executive order to ban uh ban these companies from operating in the united states and would grant u.s companies a little more cushion to build their own 5g networks but now it seems he's reconsidering the ban through this tweet and uh as the <laughs> the final line in this article over on Slate says, I love it. So as the onion would say, fuck everything. We're going to 6G. <laughs> and this is on Slate. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're trying to do a clean show. We're trying to do a clean Slate's show, but Slate doesn't even care. <laughs> I should have realized before we were even doing the, the decided to do the clean show that I was actually pulled a direct quote that had a cuss word in it. So. Exactly. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, my God. Oh. And finally, as a lead into uh, our security network, because I think our security segment, security ha, because I think you've uh, you've um, you've bashed poor Dave Bittner's brain with too much of your sex stuff. I thought I'd throw this in here as a nice little lead. <laughs> Here's the latest list of dildos that want to steal your personal data. <laughs> I love it. Love it. As reported by Boing Boing, the cybersecurity focus privacy not included buyer's guide for Mozilla was recently updated to include high-tech sex toys, some of which are selling your orgasmic data to the highest bidder. So the majority of these products still meet Mozilla's minimum security standards. Their privacy violations seem glaring enough that they would recommend avoiding them altogether. For example, for example, Love Sense's Nora and Max, a pair of devices that connect to an app via Bluetooth so long-distance couples can have an interactive experience, inexplicably shares your data with third-party advertisers. Oh, God. <laughs> Granted, not as bad as some of their previous security violations, which, as Boing Boing reports, saw some of their products making accidental audio recordings of customer sex sessions. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) The lesson here, protection in the bedroom can take a number of forms. And if you're wondering if your fancy new sex toy is sharing your deepest, darkest secrets, keep an eye out on the Internet of Dongs, a helpful cybersecurity blog that regularly (laughs) updates its reviews of these naughty gadgets. I do wonder if Bittner's on that board. Why did we not start that ourselves? The Internet of Dongs. Come on. Mm -hmm. That is so in our wheelhouse. Well, my wheelhouse. It really kind of is. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But, oh, and I I, I can't find the link anymore, but there was an article that I read about the ethics of sex toys going forward. And I'm (laughs) going to try and find it and put it in the show notes because... The, this guy was like, yeah, they're coming. And this is like an MIT researcher who, who wrote well, this Well, they're more article. than just coming. And I don't have the article but in ching. front of me right now. <laughs> but uh, there there was an article recently that was doing the rounds. And I think I think it's a reposting of something. Because I remember we covered it a long time ago. But it was how the future sex robots will kill us. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was listening to Corolla's show and Gina Grad was talking about it. And she brought up a story that I also unfortunately don't have in the show notes, but I'll anecdotally tell it now about uh, a poor, um, unfortunate male that um, had a problem with his internet controlled butt plug and ended up having to go to the <laughs> wait, hospital. Wait, 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 what? There, there's an internet controlled butt plug? Jason, there's an internet controlled everything. And I would just, uh, as, as a, a public service announcement to all of our listeners, go nuts with your sex toys. Don't put them on the internet. Oh, my God. Dun, 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 dun. The more you know. This episode is brought to you yet again by the Acquired Podcast. They sponsored last week, and since so many of you ended up listening to their show, they're back. Apparently, our audience's interests must be pretty similar. Acquired is a podcast about technology company acquisitions and IPOs. The hosts, Ben and David, pick one acquisition per episode, analyze it, and grade it if it was a good idea for the big company to acquire the smaller one, or not. This week, they analyzed one of the greatest acquisitions of all time, Facebook buying Instagram. They had Emily White, the first business executive at Instagram on the show as a guest, to help unpack all the decisions they made during the integration of the two companies. This episode is particularly bananas, since Instagram had zero revenue when it was acquired for a billion dollars, and is forecasted to generate $14 billion on their own this year inside of Facebook. Whether this is good for the world or not is for history to decide, but it's undeniably one of the greatest business success stories of all time. You can check out the show by clicking the link in the show notes or going to acquired.fm, that's A-C-Q-U-I-R-E-D.fm, or searching for the show in any podcast player. This episode is sponsored by Privacy. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. Now, we're all skeptical of these things and we're all worried about changing our normal workflow. We've got muscle memory, right? Like I know what I'm doing when I'm putting in my credit card number. I've got my methods of doing it. This is insanely easy. Unbelievably easy. Unbelievably easy. That that browser extension shows you a little like widget in the credit card number that says, do you want to make a new credit card? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, it's I do. It's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. And look, we all buy stuff online more and more, and privacy gives you a temp credit card number for every site that you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission. And oh, yeah, I did, I, Brian, did we mention the price of admission is free? Just like our podcast. Just like our podcast. Yes, because they make their money from the debit card transaction fees that everybody else gets when they make a debit card transaction. It is so cool. And it, I, I just love these guys. You know how skeptical we are of free services here on GOG, particularly me. Not so much Jason. He sometimes goes to the dark side. And these guys actually have a business model to back it up. Oh, by yes. the way, when Jason goes to the dark side, he ends up bitching about it later because, you know, it is what it is. This has a business model. So they get our seal of approval. We can actually trust these guys. Jason actually reviewed this product when they first launched. And we're not just pimping the product because they paid us. I'm now an actual customer, too, after Jason hounded me forever to do it. And I love what they're doing and the ease of use in doing it. It is a fantastic idea. It's a no brainer. Yes, it's fantastic. And we're going to have Bo from Privacy, who is the CEO, respond to some of your questions on Feedback Loop soon. So it, it, it's a really amazing service. And honestly, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> and they're secure. They're totally secure. So if you use a password manager, and why don't you if you listen to the show? Seriously, please, you should use this. You don't use the same password everywhere why should you use the same credit card number? Cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card everywhere if your card gets hacked. And see, we're all inherently lazy. That alone, again, is worth the price of admission. You don't have to go chasing down everything everywhere once you get hacked, as you inevitably will. One of the other things about being inherently lazy, like I am, is I was initially skeptical because I didn't want to go through and create a new profile somewhere and do a whole sign up. And then 25 minutes later, after the JavaScript broke and things didn't work, I'd be <laughs> sitting there going, oh, I still don't have an account. Awesome. But no, sign up took less than two minutes. And like I said, it is completely free. So far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. And for me personally, they've saved me probably like, I think it's about $2,000 
in just recurring fees that I didn't even know were coming. It's awesome. These guys rock. Yep, they do. And look, you can freeze cards and set spending limits. That's going to be super important to me as soon as my kid figures out in-app purchases. Cards lock to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. You can protect yourself from online fraud with virtual card numbers, and you can delete cards anytime and kiss forgotten subscriptions goodbye. Again, very useful as I keep signing up for different services for my kid, and I don't have to remember to unsubscribe. In fact, I have to remember to keep subscribing. We love opt-in. Alexa, buy me some toilet paper. <laughs> so to sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free. Seriously, five bucks. You get five bucks to sign up. It takes less than two minutes to spend anywhere online just by signing up. Go to privacy.com slash GOG. Get it now. Privacy.com slash GOG. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in the lovely state of Maryland that everybody loves <laughs> and everybody wants to move to because it is so damn lovely. It's true. Dave is, <laughs> Dave is also the co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Yeah. It is one of my favorite podcasts. Well, thank you. So everybody, go and subscribe to that because seriously, it is a great show. It might thank be time you. to take the new out of that because you guys have been around for a while now and doing yeah, well i think we're yeah. up to episode 38 or so something like yeah. that so uh not yeah, once you get i think once you get to 52 i think 52, 52. is in we cut it off that's a year mm, i think okay. a new podcast is a year all right so very good we'll leave it in and you know what they people aren't paying me by the word so i'm just gonna leave the new in if you want to pay me to take the word new out i'm fine with that that would but mean we're just gonna leave it technically in. less money for you because it's one less word jason <laughs> oh, God. this is why okay, you need fine. an agent anyway <laughs> i do i do need an agent thank you yeah. <laughs> and a therapist and all sorts of other things mm -hmm. but let's let's get into it this week how you doing dave oh, pretty good pretty good uh Lots going on as usual. Uh, mm -hmm. what do we, I know you guys have some stories for us this week. Well, what do we want to start we've got, with? Uh, we've got some exposed Chinese. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the so fun kind. This, uh, not the fun kind, unfortunately. Victor Gevers, I believe, <laughs> is how you spell it. The yeah. Dutch, he's a Dutch cybersecurity researcher who uh, ran across a unprotected database uh, online of about 2.5 million people in Western China. Now, this isn't just uh, what you'd expect from a from a hack or a leak or a, an unsecured database these days. It wasn't just their names and stuff like that. This had updated constantly GPS <laughs> coordinates of their precise whereabouts alongside names, birth dates, places of employment. There were notes on the places they had most recently visited, mosques, hotels and restaurants. So we have gotten a deep dive glimpse into exactly how extensive the government surveillance is in China these days. Yeah. Yeah. And we should point out that these are all Muslims. Yes, it's a right. particular it's a particular region that the well, this is the only the database we found, though, Jason. We don't know. This is true. If, yeah. if they're tracking everyone the same way, but they've certainly found in this one area of China, which is largely Muslim population, that uh, they've got this database going in real time, including uh, being tracked by facial recognition technology. Oh. Yeah. More than six point seven million coordinates in a span of 24 hours were logged into this database. And it was wide open, and no, wide no, open, no, no password, no, <laughs> no login, just sitting there for all the world to see. So we've got a uh, double disturbing facts here. Mm -hmm. First, the collection and the extent to which it's being done. And secondly, the fact that even these guys can't figure out how to not leave their ass out hanging in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Was this on AWS? I really uh, wish it was. I really we, wish it was. Uh, I don't believe it was. I, oh, damn. Was, again, I was really hoping the Chinese Well, remember, the AWS Chinese are this. pushing very hard not to host on anybody else's stuff. So I'm sure yeah, it would have been an no, internal. That's what I, was, I was just hoping. I was hoping <laughs> for, for that. But uh, yeah, it's crazy because we know that the Chinese just track everybody. We This is the Great Firewall of China and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But uh, this is disturbing. It's yeah. very disturbing because yeah. we know that they you know target these people right that's yeah. why they're tracking them they target I mean, them. i'm not sure how disturbed we should really be um i suppose it's more disturbing in that we consider it to be a, a somewhat not great government doing it as opposed to all of us who are having the same done to us with facebook 
Which is a <laughs> private true. company. Well, yes, but so far, I would say the uh, the critical difference is that China is actually taking people and putting them in re-education camps. Yes, there exactly. Is that. So there's exactly. a subtle we're not difference. Getting, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're all that far away from Facebook jail, but you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Zucker jail. Welcome to Zucker jail. Yeah, people talk about oh. being put into Facebook jail. Yeah, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know the I, I believe you pronounce it Uyghur. We've covered this on the Cyberwire oh. before the Uyghur minority. Um the Chinese are doing their darndest to uh get these folks to see the light and uh, become followers of Chinese um I don't know I, I don't know what the right word for it is um well propaganda um yeah, the, the way they want them to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they yeah. they want them to see it their way and um not None uh, of this not religious their stuff. Own. Yeah, not yeah. follow their own beliefs and religions and so on. And uh, the way they're doing it, there's plenty of people who are being sent off to these re-education camps, as they call them. And that's bad. Yep. No, you think? Yeah. You think? <laughs> oh. It's not what you hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's. Um, you're right. This is a really interesting window into what they're doing. It's confirmation that they're doing this. On a certain level, it's chilling to, be, to have this verified. I suppose most of us assumed that they were doing this i think it's also it's chilling because it's confirmation of how readily available the technology is to do it and how easy it seems to be to do it and mm -hmm. we need to be very aware of that in our own particular political environments well and yeah and i mean we could we could start doing the show in chinese and maybe we'll get some get some new followers we'd, but, we'd be blocked <laughs> we would be blocked is the problem exactly that's yeah. the problem there was a story so. related to this that uh, I saw come by in the past couple of days where, in addition to this sort of tracking, they were taking DNA from people. So mm. yep. you would go in for a what they described as a free health test, um, a mandatory free health test where they would... <laughs> mandatory yeah, is the operative word. Right, and they would take blood um, and... Based on that, they would catalog your DNA in addition to doing a facial recognition scan, fingerprinting, all that kind of stuff. And you once again, we're aghast at this happening, and yet twenty three and me has given all of our data to government. Yeah, we do it. We do it. We do it. We do it voluntarily. We pay to do it. Yeah, we pay to do it. We actually, yeah, pay them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's the difference. Well, we that's went the, we went from cheering to, to, to not cheering anymore, <laughs> real fast. <laughs> well, let's move on to something. Uh, I guess a little bit lighter here. Uh, <laughs> Jason, you have some Nest gear in your house, don't you? Not yet. I'm waiting. for Oh, you my, have the ring. Nest that's right. That's right. You have I've the, got rings. The ring. Stuff, but, um, uh, yep. 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 So yeah. um, Google has, uh, of course, Google bought up Nest, mm -hmm. and so Nest has a security system that you can buy for your home and it has a base station and there are little remote units that you can put around the house to do motion detection and monitor for things like glass breaking and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, Google sent out uh, a, a note uh, to their users recently, the, to their Nest security users, and they said, hey, guess what? You can now, <laughs> you can now use Google Assistant with your Nest base station. And everyone said, well, that's interesting. How can it hear us with our Nest base station? And they said, well, it uses the built-in microphone. Look People at what said, we did for you. <laughs> they said, wait, what built-in microphone? Uh, it turns out that Google had never documented that there was a microphone in this device. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't in any of the technical specs. <laughs> yep. Now, what was interesting, when I was looking at this, we actually, um, Joe and I... Brian's going to explode yeah. over there right now. I can hear him right now. He's ready to explode. Who? Brian? Me. Uh, Brian. Yeah. This, is, this is so insane that these companies <laughs> do this. And I, I blame this all on, I don't know who made the initial decision, the death of the manual and the death of the specs. Like, we have no fucking idea what's in on any of our stuff anymore. And we used to know. Like, well, oh and, my God. Well, remember, I mean, they yeah. used to come with... Um, with basically a service manual built in. You, yes. you could, you could yeah. see the, the circuit diagram of, <laughs> yes. of what was in the devices. Uh, but uh, Google yeah. apologized. A Google spokesman or spokesperson said that um, this was done in error. They they did not intend no. to, to not announce that there was no microphone in the device. <laughs> it was done in error. Now, what I... Give me a break. This is, this is, the, this is like that 
stupid stunt that Apple pulled with U2. Hey, U2's album's now on your phone. Right. But I don't want that. Good news. (laughs) I hate you two. Come on. Right. I don't need you taking up my memory with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, when I saw this story come by and I thought to myself, I was surprised that it was news that there was a microphone in here. Because what's the first thing that happens whenever a new device like this is released? Somebody comes and tears it down. Right. They do a teardown video on YouTube. So I went poking around trying to find teardown videos and I couldn't find any. Interesting. Granted, I didn't spend too much time. Nobody wanted it. Well, (laughs) it is it is pricey for what it is. And you're not going to tear apart something that's quite that pricey unless you're crazy. Um, Right. But then again, people pull apart thousand dollar iPhones. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there are breakdown videos of every phone and tablet that ever comes out. Right. It's surprising that there isn't one of these. That is interesting that that none of this, uh, nobody figured this out ahead of time. Yeah, that surprised me. I I, I did some poking around, not, not not too extensive, but, you know, YouTube and Google and all of, you know, regular searches. I couldn't find any sort of teardown of this particular device. So that mm-hmm. was surprising. But uh, anyway, Google has uh, said sorry about that, but... Congratulations on your new functionality. And of course, if you want to, <laughs> you can opt out. Oh, so it's opt in by by default. I believe so. Of well, that's a bunch it of bullshit. Not, yeah, that's not a hundred percent. How do you sure opt out that? of that's having the, the microphone in it at all? Should I I should be able to send it back and remove microphone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, be... can I get those aforementioned schematics so I can go get my soldering gun and take the damn microphone out of my security system I can't that wait I for didn't ask for? A year snips. from now when they go, Oh, by the way, we also put cameras in there that do facial recognition. Right. Oh, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Oh, thanks for that. Right. Wow. <laughs> Just extra features on features on features. That reminds me of uh, that old thing from The Simpsons. You ever handle a penny? Yeah. The government has your DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we oh, laugh man. because it's true. We laugh. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> we, laugh, we laugh because we've lost all hope. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> and uh, speaking of losing all hope... Um, Jason and I spent a lot of time talking about lazy programmers and uh, the death of of basically anybody really paying attention to what they're doing anymore. WinRAR paid attention for once and patched a 19-year-old bug that left millions vulnerable. 19 years! Yeah, just just, just let that roll around in your head for a minute. 19 years that this bug was out there. This was on somebody's whiteboard, just just sitting there. (laughs) I'm going to get to it one of these days. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but I do like the take that Engadget took with their particular article on this in that they said it's kind of all the jokes on you for all you people that didn't pay for the software by clicking next time all those years, because mm-hmm. if they could have had any money, maybe they would have fixed it. Hmm. But uh, yeah. it, there was no uh, no cases of this being exploited either. So I guess it's out of sight, out of mind. No, apparently it was quite Quite obscure, involved ACE archives, and I can't think of anybody that's used one of those in two decades, much mm-hmm. less 10 years. What uh, about so, the Ace Man? The Ace Man. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was very esoteric, um, but still, the fact that something was sitting in there for 19 years mm-hmm. and uh, nobody in the company ever fixed it is kind of insane to me. But not, because this we know how this works. <laughs> the fact that they, they, the exploit exists means the NSA probably used it all the goddamn time. For all on. those precious you know things it. being stored in ace archives well if you just rename a rar to an ace yeah, that's, that's all you got to do and mm. then you, then it basically put like an executable file in your yep. startup sequence yep that's the really nefarious bit hmm. yeah good times so, yeah. and finally i found this over on the verge and i just thought this was really interesting uh bay area prosecutors were trying to prove that a man arrested during a prostitution sting was guilty of pimping charges and among the evidence was a series of instagram direct messages he'd allegedly sent to a woman one read teamwork make the dream work with high heels and money bag emojis placed at the end Prosecutor said that the message implied a working relationship between the two of them the defendant said it could mean he was trying to strike up a romantic relationship who was right now, the article gets obviously not just on that particular case. It's the overall thing is courts are having to deal with emojis as evidence more and more every year. Mm-hmm. Between 2004 and 2019, there was an expo- exponential rise in emoji and emoticon references in U.S. court opinions, with over 30% of all cases appearing in 2018. So the problem is 
judges don't necessarily know what they mean. There's a certain inference to them. Um, and the courts don't really know how to deal with them. And beyond <laughs> beyond that, <laughs> all of the different court database services like Westlaw or Lexis, which is where you know lawyers go and find previous precedents and things of that nature, these electronic databases aren't capable and set up to handle emojis. So they can't even put them in the record of law. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. So we've yeah, talked so a lot. Are they are, are like, are the court recorders having to type out eggplant, 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 peach, 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 <laughs> let's, let's hook up. <laughs> right. One can only imagine that that is how it's being handled right now. But we've talked a lot in the segment about how politicians in the law are always playing catch up and very poorly with technology. But I really didn't see this angle in the courts coming and the fact that they don't really know how to handle or deal with emojis. Huh. I, that that's that's insane to me. You should be able to just change your database records to be able to handle that. Well, you know, another thing that caught my eye with this is the fact that emojis render differently on different platforms. Yep. Ah, uh, good point. Is good it point. a Google burger or is it an iPhone burger? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is the cheese on the bottom like <laughs> some horrible person at Google thinks it is, or is it the cheese on the top? Yes, right. Like any sane human would have it. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. They made the point that there was some. There's. I guess there's a gritting teeth emoji, and yeah. in some versions of it, it looked a little more menacing than other versions, where it looked more kind of. But I mean, I guess, still, but isn't yeah. it still just UTF eight? I mean, shouldn't these databases be able to handle? What... Well, they would all have to be updated, which would cost money. Right. right? And and there's a certain legacy, I'd imagine. I don't, I'm not being a lawyer, not using Westlaw or Lexus. I'm certainly there are legacy systems and and things of that nature. So it becomes effort, but don't, <laughs> which like, they, needs to be I'm taken. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Effort is they, these people make money, but don't you? You think... can spend some on your programmer. <laughs> don't you think that this is kind of like having to interpret idioms? Kind of, yeah, yeah it like... is, and that's that's the thing. It does. It, there's a certain. <sighs> It's almost that there's a learning curve to emojis and, and all of us being, you know, second generation, not digital natives. We we had that learning curve and you start to use them and then you start to understand the parlance and the common language that comes out of them. The problem here that they're stating is obviously uh, these judges and these lawyers may not have exposed themselves to these things long enough to really kind of have a feel for it. It's almost another language, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who was uh, German who was living here. And so English was a second language. And he was telling me how I was asking him about how is English to learn as a German. And he said, it's not that mm-hmm. bad, but you, you guys have idioms for everything. And so we have to yeah. learn yep. them all. He's like, what do you mean the horse has left the barn? What horse? What barn? Yeah. I don't understand. You know, all those sorts of things. And of course, every language has them. But I would imagine. Well, I, I actually even think about my wife because she grew up in, in Canada, first mm-hmm. generation Chinese, but she grew up with her parents being, you know, very Chinese and there wasn't the popular culture thing wasn't in her house. So mm. my wife knows no sayings. And it's amazing how it's, it, you know, this always just busts me up. It's a constant sense of hilar- uh, constant cause of hilarity for me in the, in my household. But yeah, it's it's she doesn't have that common touchstone right. of, of popular culture references and idioms and things of that nature. Two birds in one hand and all that sort of she doesn't get any of that stuff. Huh. And it's hilarious to me. I mean, she's gotten much better at it over the years. But uh, yeah, it is. It's and this is much the same thing. It's it's a, almost a secondhand language and uh, they don't they don't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to bring in some millennials to translate for them. Mm-hmm. Hey, finally, we found a job for millennials. <laughs> All right. All right. Everybody get out get of your parents' basement. There we go. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah, we finally found something for these lazy bastards to do. All right. Well, I have one more story for us this week. This is, mm-hmm. uh, have you guys been following this dust up with YouTube and the the um, the pedophile comments and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So this... Um, this came to my attention because somebody was sending around this video that this gentleman named Matt Watson created. And uh, if you look in the article that uh, we'll have in the show notes here, there's a picture of Mr. Watson. You can go find the video. He's the one who kind of created this storm around this. And I have to say, this guy rubs me the wrong way. Right. <laughs> okay. And if you watch the video, I think you'll know, I think you'll see why he's, I think I absolutely support everything he's doing in terms of pointing out 
uh, the terrible things that are going on here. And and just to back up a little bit, what's happening here is people are through the comments of regular YouTube videos, mostly having mm-hmm. to do with young girls. So let's say preteen girls doing gymnastics, dancing around, dancing, whatever. doing gymnastics, mm-hmm. yeah, playing in their bedrooms, whatever, just normal things that little girl kids do uh Which and, may or may not need to be posted to the internet right right but just saying but no, just nothing saying. inherently salacious yes, nothing about sexual these, no, or nothing yes. at all mm-hmm. so through the comments people are making sexual comments they're they're posting um uh time stamps for when the girls might be in certain positions or things like that so it's just it's right. really creepy it's really creepy gross yeah. shit yeah, basically it's, it's gross shit it's terrible yeah. and uh advertisers locker have... room talk boys will be boys yeah, right exactly so um advertisers <laughs> have started grab them by the youtube <laughs> yeah the advertisers have started taking note of this and they've yanked their ads from videos that have these comments which is great so hopefully youtube will respond uh, Isn't it weird that there are ads on videos of preteen girls dancing anyways? No, there's not. Because it's a platform, Brian. And right. all they want to do is right. get in front of the people who are watching the videos. They just say, I want people that have an age range of this to this, and I want them to see my ad for Sherman. Okay. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. so back to this yeah. video. Um <laughs> Mr. Watson, again, I'm I'm sure I he is sincere in his frustrations, but if, as you watch the video, it just struck me that he goes, "Now look at this. This is horrible. Now look at this. This is horrible. Now look at this. This is horrible. Let's look at some more stuff that's horrible. Look at this. A little too, this a little too eager. I am so angry. I'm I, I just can't look at it anymore. But here's some more. Let's look at some more. This is so horrible. I can't believe they're doing this. I gotta look away. But I can't look away because it's so horrible." And I'm like, Mr. Mr. Watson obviously needed a Mr. Holmes to calm him down a bit. <laughs> like, Thou doth protesteth much. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm with you on that, but people like him need to exist because they do find the stuff that needs to be found. Yeah, you're right. I, 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 I'm, I'm with him on finding horrible stuff. I mean, half of my career is finding people who do self-help videos and products that are just crap. And He's, this guy is trying to find people who are doing really horrible things with underage women. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. Are you saying that horrible things happen in comment sections? Oh God! <laughs> I guess. I guess again, and this is probably as much about me as anything. It's just this, like I, I totally admit this. I this guy just rubs me the wrong way. Right. I'm sure he's yeah. probably a really nice guy, and it's it's mostly me. But it strikes me as one of those people who, when they get up to receive an award and they say, "Folks, this is not about me." This is about everyone else, <laughs> everyone else but me. And so well, basically, you that, you're, you're, you're down with the cause, but maybe thinking this guy shouldn't be carrying the flag. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he, he does look like a douchebag. I'm <laughs> not going to I'm not going to front. I think no, that no might offense, be most of the no problem. Offense, Mr. Watson, again, you're doing no, Lord's work, but maybe yeah, get somebody else out. Totally. Exactly. Totally behind what he's doing here. I think he's doing. Yeah, this is something that needs attention brought to it. I'm glad it is. And YouTube says not that by you. <laughs> you maybe just went on a little long. Went on a right. little long. Little weird. <laughs> a little creepy. too much. I don't like gay so, people. I don't know. Check uh, check no. it out. <laughs> check it out. See if it's just me or if if you <laughs> is his is his username like thirteen year old camel toe? You know, I mean Look, I guarantee a... <laughs> it's not just you because there is something inherent in our hu- human nature and the way that we quickly make snap decisions and we shouldn't. Obviously you can't always judge a book by a cover, but just looking at the still, I'm judging this book by the cover. Yeah. I'm not, I'm and, not a and fan also, of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. And and as we've learned from the previous segment of the show that we have no free will, so you know. Yeah. Okay. What are you what are you gonna yeah. do? I mean I guess he, Again, his his point is so valid, and the thing that frustrates me, and, and I hate, you know, I don't think we need to glom onto the messenger about this. YouTube can take care of this problem; they choose not to. I don't um, think they can. I'm, I'm, I am. They will have to lose so much of their profit the, margin. Yeah, but they can. They can't. They're going to have to stop. They can't if they're not all. If they don't want to be billionaires, sure. No, I mean, just, there's so much content that come in, comes into these platforms yep. that there's just not enough people on the fucking planet to actually watch everything that comes in on YouTube. We're never going to get anywhere a... as a species if we're going to actually have to watch YouTube videos all day long to say, OK, this guy made a stupid comment. Oh, uh, this video is not right. This video is copyrighted. We, we're just we need to not 
do that thing. Yeah. And I think that that is just <laughs> killing society personally. <sighs> but sorry. But, okay. Yeah. Well, but the kids, <laughs> but the kids, but, they want to put up the videos. Yeah. yeah fuck, <laughs> we'll turn off comments. That's this is all about yeah, the get comments. rid of comments. Actually, that's uh, that's actually a phenomenal idea. Well, yeah, that is. But also maybe charge to upload videos. Hmm. Yeah, we don't charge for anything. Remember, no, Zuckerberg is already Zuckerberg has said it's impossible to do subscription models. It wouldn't make any sense because yeah, there's no I'm reason sorry. at all whatsoever in that article. Okay. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, now we're sounding as angry as Mr. Watson. So okay, we're going on too long. We are protesting way too much. Yeah. <laughs> we doth protest too much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The truth hurts. Yep. All right. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's leave it there. Do check out the mm-hmm. video. Maybe uh, let me know what you think uh, next in the week comments or section. in the comments. Or, right. Yeah, exactly. Right, the, right to yeah. Brian at, at grumpyoldgeeks.com. <laughs> uh, turn that email address off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except that I run it. Have a good week. Have a good week, Dave. Ups and doodads. One of our mutual favorite podcasts, No Such Thing as a Fish, which is an offshoot of the QI show, which is a English based, but it's it's obscure trivia and it's very, very funny and a wonderful podcast uh, have put out their own app. It's called Get Fact, which is the most genius (laughs) app name in the history of the world. It is. It is. It's it. And I've been playing it off and on uh, when I have a free moment or two. It's uh, basically solve 1072 amazing facts. And I'm up to uh, fact 67 at the moment. I'm at fact 33. That's Ah. that's as far as I got. Uh, It's hard. It can be it is hard. very hard. <laughs> it is so. very hard. And uh, I've thus far resisted the impulse to look anything up online. Um, I've been very close a few times banging my head trying to figure <laughs> out what some of these things could be. Uh, but uh, it is it is a wonderful time waster. So I highly recommend getting it out there for any trivia buffs out there. Yeah. And the thing about it is I got stuck on question 30 and I had to ask you about it. And I mm-hmm. had done the Googling. I, I was done. I was just like, I can't figure this out. And their their answer was wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, their answer was wrong because the answer for number 30 was like vinyl records, but it was plastic records. Well, technically they, vinyl is a type vinyl of is type a type of plastic, but they were like little like they're remember those Fisher they're, Price they're, things? They're getting you on a technicality there, Jason. <clears throat> no, okay. Well, what are you gonna do? I guess I should just go do? I guess I should just go get fact. Spoiler alert, you just got an answer to uh, question thirty. <laughs> if you're downloading the app. You're welcome. Now. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah all right so in other news apple and goldman sachs are putting out a credit card earlier or later this year not earlier (laughs) that i can't get approved for awesome great (laughs) Uh, well it's a kind of it it naturally makes sense with apple pay already so why should apple miss out on the revenue of having their own card that could you would attach then to to your apple pay um should you get it asks life hacker oh god you're back to life hacker well, you can guess where this is going. They ask a question, <laughs> should you get the Apple and Goldman Sachs credit card? Well, and then there's a two-page-ish article saying, we don't know enough about it yet to tell you either way. See, this is why you, I, I, I need to get to your house and I need to ban lifehacker.com in your VPN rules. I just need to stop it. You, you, you're not allowed to go to Lifehacker anymore, ever. I get, I get perverse enjoyment from these articles. <sighs> to be fair to Lifehacker, uh, nobody knows because... Uh, well, no. Okay. First, to be fair to Lifehacker, nobody knows any of the details about this card yet. So people have, all the other people have announced it and said that this is coming. But Lifehacker is the only one that basically states a question that should have an answer to it in their article. And they don't they answer the answer. question. Yeah. Well, they can't because that information doesn't exist yet. Oh, my God. Why, why do you do this to yourself, Brian? Why do you do this? Uh, actually, technically, I'm doing it to you. That's, I'm kind of okay with it. Well, you're doing it to the 10,000 people that listen to the show too. So you might want to think about that. <laughs> All right. We should put up a, we'll put up a quiz on our social media. Should Brian block <laughs> life hacker? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Brick a brick. I ran across an article over on BigThink.com, which I check out every now and then when I want to have my mind exploded. And uh, unlike life, life like it's my it's my antidote. It's like yeah, you know, I, I I take a shot of life hacker and then I have a chaser of Big Think. All right, That's the way it works. So 
this is a great article called Your Identity is Almost Entirely Based on Unconscious Brain Processes. Huh? So most, uh, yeah, here huh. we go. Let's let's do our deep dive. Let's let's take the blue pill. Okay. Most experts see human consciousness as a combination of two different phenomena. The first is the consciousness we experience from one moment to the next. That's knowing who and where in the world we are, along with Carmen Sandiego. It's also the ability to evaluate things and calculate opportunities and threats. The second is our thoughts, feelings, impressions, intentions, and memories. So here's the innovation. This is a 2017 paper, so it's been out for a while, published in Futures of Psychology that says that actually our thoughts and feelings are developed by unconscious mechanisms behind our logical thoughts. We don't so much as come to conclusions on things as we become aware of how we feel. Researchers write that the contents of consciousness are completely unrelated to the experience of consciousness. Hmm. So... You're getting to the basic idea that our consciousness is not in our control at all. And (laughs) given so much of how we think and feel seems to be outside of our control, how responsible are we for our choices, opinions, and behavior? So this is the free will and personal responsibility notions that have been constructed by society, not by us. So is there free will? Mm, Probably not. Nope. (laughs) If you listen to Sam Harris, he, he definitely is behind the fact that there is no free will. Yeah, so um, that's kind of what the study is saying at this point. So super fascinating. Oh, this is, this, oh man, I need mushrooms for this. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is crazy. I, I have a chaser for that as well for this segment. Okay. 10 old-fashioned swear words to spice up your cussing. All right, what do we got and here? And I figured this is perfect for us as we're trying to move towards doing a clean show. So the next time, instead of me dropping a cuss word, I'm going to say, by St. Booger and all the saints at the back door of purgatory <laughs> but jabbers <laughs> dad sizzle consarn thunder nation great horn spoon snails <laughs> gosh all potomac <laughs> g rover cripes <laughs> by the double barrel jumping jiminy i love these <laughs> now see now we can take the explicit off our show we can we can it's uh, gonna take us a while <laughs> we need to make a <laughs> we need to make a cheat sheet for this i know i'm gonna have to put this up in a note <laughs> on my screen Oh, dad sizzle. Actually, what we'll do is we'll just record all of these and then you'll just have to. Oh, I know. Great. More fucking work for editing. me. <laughs> hey, make some macros. You'll be fine. Oh, God darn it. Dad snizzle. Closing shout outs. I'd like to throw a shout out to Viet Nguyen, who is a friend of mine over on the Twitters. And uh, I posted a thing about uh, the Caesar Milan episode that we did recently. And he's just like, hey, as a as an immigrant. I was very happy to hear this episode, and I remembered that, oh, wait, my family are immigrants, too. <laughs> so Technically, most of our families are immigrants. <laughs> almost everybody in this damn country is an immigrant. Yeah. But uh, my dad has the, the trunk that my great-grandmother brought over from Italy in the old country when she came through Ellis Island, and that's like a, our family treasure. We, we we have one as well. You do? I did not. Yes, we do. And my sister and I are kind of negotiating as to who's going to get that. My dad won't let me have it. He's just like, nope, you can have it when I'm dead, but you well, can't yeah, have it now. It's, it's at my mom's house and I'm not allowed to take it yet either. But uh, yeah, you know, he just, at some point uh, it will be passed down through the family. Of course, it's amazing. I didn't know you had one as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they yeah. came over in 1908. Big old steamer trunk. Yep. What's really cool is my great grandfather came over to Pennsylvania he went through Ellis Island, too, and like, you know, my my family name is DeFilippo, but a lot of DeFilippos that came through Ellis Island changed their names to Phillips. So it's really right. hard to go back and like trace our family tree. But they what, Americanized it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what he did was he came over, started to work and worked at uh, the coal mine and then opened a bar and he was a Carlini. My, that was that was his family name. So we had Carlini's bar. He had people sleeping in there and like, you know, paying rent. He did the first Airbnb, basically, is all I'm saying. Like guys, <laughs> unlicensed, unlicensed Airbnb. <laughs> the guys from the coal mine would stay at his place and he saved up enough money to go back to Italy to propose to my great grandmother and have enough money to bring her over. And right. so when they came back over together, she had the trunk and then we have the trunk in the family. And that was uh, my great grandmother, uh, Nunny. It's and Very it's, cool. a, it's a really fun story. So when when uh, Vietnamese was like, yeah, you know, we're we're immigrant states, and he he posted a fun Hamilton gif for me. But he's also got a podcast that I want to plug because he. And, and here's the thing: he didn't even ask me to plug this podcast, but I'm going to plug it anyway. It's called Intelligent Millennials. We got <laughs> nothing figured out. 
I love it. I love it. So, nice. so thanks, Viet. It's uh, it, it's good to know you, sir. And uh, also a shout out to our friends Daria and Kevin Rose because they have a new kid, which is awesome. Which we found out Congratulations. about at, uh, at Fireside. Daria's like, I'm pregnant again. This sucks. But I, I do hope that you, Daria, are now able to enjoy a martini that you so desperately wanted back then. Oh, God, she wanted to drink so bad. She's just like, I just want to drink. So congratulations on the kid and have a, a single martini because I'm sure you're probably breastfeeding and you know better than I yeah, do about exactly. all that stuff because you're the you're the health person. So, yeah, but the video they posted this morning, it's, it's a private video, so unfortunately we can't share it, but it was their their first daughter Zelda meeting their new daughter Nova and it was just it I mean it was it was heartwarming it was really heartwarming so I'm glad that Daria is now not with child and maybe she can get back to podcasting so I can make some more goddamn money come on let's go come on Daria let's get it going I love how you always make it about you Jason <laughs> of course I do I'm a narcissist what the fuck do you want <laughs> I know what the gosh darn it do you want Dagnabbit. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old... Oh, and I'm Jason DeFilippo. Yes, I missed that. As the narcissist missed his own naming his own name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm still Jason DeFilippo. Shut up, Brian. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 323. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. Me, 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 me. Yep, that's it. <laughs>